Hello, and uh, welcome to episode two of Anti-Folly. My name is Sam Connington, and I'm joined here with... Ethan Sampson. Excellent. You finished my sentence for me. That's right. Um, Obviously, things are going a little bit more smoothly this time. We got some music playing. Sounds pretty nice. Uh, Just going to do some proper introductions. We didn't cover this in our first episode, but uh, again, for me, my name is Sam. Uh, Currently attending Bethel University, studying history and political science. Ethan? I'm also attending Bethel University, but I am studying uh, biblical and theological studies. Yes, sir. Kind of a nice rounded area of subjects for us here. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in, obviously, the Bible, politics, history, and kind of that intersection. And outside of that, I really like memes. Um, and I love refing soccer. So controversy all around is what I'm into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, of course, because I study <laughs> biblical and theological studies. I love the Bible and uh, diving into that, talking about that literally anytime that gives me life. And uh, I also really love playing basketball, even though I'm a little short, it's still a blast. Uh, I've, I'm sure I've told you the same and plenty of people, but I actually have a school record. I uh, have the most turnovers in a single season. So, <laughs> and if you're wondering if that's good or not, it's not. <laughs> But, yeah. Yeah, and I think the thing we really wish that we t- we maybe touched on a bit more is, like, our goal. Yeah. Our goals in with the, this podcast and what we're hoping to get out of it for ourselves and for um, listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we, we, we touched on it a little bit, but, like, just to further emphasize, we kinda, I kind of didn't, I think I did a decent job at the end emphasizing it, but just... Right off the bat, I mean, we want this to be something that, you know, if it could, it could spur a conversation on campus, maybe outside of campus. It's probably a bit more further in the future, if anything. Mm-hmm. But just we want this to be a kind of audio-based representation of dialogue and conversation, even debate, but in a, in a Christian sense where we're, yeah. we're really pursuing this truth. But yeah, and also just fair warning, just because... Ethan was about to do it. We both have colds right now, so our voices. You hear any sniffles? Yeah, sniffles. You might hear a little, you know, whatever. Just, you know, this is unfiltered right here. We're not editing any of this stuff. This is us, our unapologetic voices. Yeah, I like to call it free, free ASMR. Free ASMR. So, yeah, and you know, down the road, maybe we could do an ASMR episode. Yeah, maybe. It's, people are into that right now, so it's facts. Straight facts. <laughs> oh yeah, just some soothing voices, you know, just like in real close to the mic, like this. All right, let's not turn the episode into that. Anyways, um, can kind of continue on with the introduction. Ethan, do you want to kick us off with the the verse for today? Yes. So we are going to be talking about some cancel culture and things around that. So here's another verse from Proverbs. This is Proverbs eighteen two. Oh, excuse me. The first, we're going to do two verses. So first is 13.3. It says, uh, the righteous hates falsehood, but the wicked brings shame and disgrace. And then this is Proverbs 8.2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Hmm. So that was 18.2, just uh, in case anyone's like with their Bible, like you got that wrong, but... Uh. Who cares? It's just Who the cares? Bible. It's just the Bible. I mean, it's not like, I mean, we're clearly taking yeah. the verses out of context, you know? Yeah, clearly. We're not talking about truth or anything. Um, Yeah, kind of slide into that. I mean, I feel like from a, a Christian perspective, I feel like 
cancel culture in its essence is really an antithesis towards what the goal of any Christian should be while living on earth, you know? I mean, obviously there's, to a degree, there's certain things that are cancelable and should be canceled. Like, I think everyone sure. would agree that, like, objectively speaking, like, Hitler, you know, I think we, I think anyone that is serious about Christianity will look at an, an individual like Hitler, you know? They'll be like, that guy should be canceled. Mm. I don't think there's any dispute with that. I guess the only dispute is like, how should we cancel someone? Mm. Yep. But well, yeah. Just to like, because you referenced Hitler. Yeah. Just that, like, there are like Jew, like Jews. There's like two main reasons why they have a hard time with Christianity. If I can speak for the Jewish people right now, <laughs> <laughs> just as their representative, just yeah. just me. Uh, <laughs> this is what I've been told, at least, is that the two main issues, the two main, like, like quibbles they have with Christianity is the Crusades and the way that um, Christians, you know, took, you know, attacked Israel and et cetera, and Hitler, because, like, if you read, I haven't done this and I want to, but if you read Mein Kampf, like, he quotes Martin Luther to justify, mm -hmm. like, anti-Semitic um, prejudices, so... It's just like people people would argue, I would say kind of foolishly, but that Hitler like is a Christian. Yeah. So anyways, that's just a aside to like yeah, do we like with like if we go to like slavery mm -hmm. in the same way, like as much as we might think that that idea is just stupid and is wrong and is completely unbiblical, I think you have to actually address, you actually have to address the issue and like have conversation with those people. You can't just be like, well, you're completely wrong and against the Bible and I'm not going to engage you at all. You know, it's like, I mean, that's the verse. That's the second verse. Like a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Yeah. Like if we just go and just like if this podcast was solely just us just <laughs> saying what we thought and never actually wanting to engage in any of this, like outside of this, mm -hmm. if this was all that we did, we would be the fool. Yeah, we would be the fool. And, you know, I guess that's a good a good fear to have that 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 would what this would turn into, but I I don't see it happening like that. I'm hoping I'm not being naive in that, but you know. Hopefully, we say enough stuff to stir a conversation we can't avoid. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully, it's good conversation too. I mean, cancel culture doesn't come towards us. You know, it'd be I think pretty bad. I'm kind of touching on, I guess, kind of going down the rabbit hole of like, I guess, this idea that like, I guess Hitler is even a, a legitimate member of Christianity. I mean, yeah. I guess like historically speaking and like in general, I feel like historians tend to have a kind of a lack of understanding and distinguishing and I, I normal everyday people do too, but distinguishing Christianity, the ideology mm -hmm. from Christianity generally and its practitioners. Like, 
obviously any institution, especially from the ideological perspective of Christianity, any institution made by man is going to be full of fallacies and full of shortcomings. So in, in a purist sense, I mean, like no, no church can truly represent the ideology of Christianity to its fullest extent. Mm. So a lot of those shortcomings, I mean, like, especially in like the case of Hitler, I mean, like his ideas and even the, the parts of the Bible he took out of context completely is so antithetical, so at odds with basic Christian theology and teachings. No serious historian, no serious individual can honestly say that that Adolf Hitler was a devout or even a real follower of the Christian ideology. Yeah. Was he a real follower of the Lutheran church in Germany during the 1940s? Absolutely, yes, he was. But was the Lutheran church in Germany in the 1940s following the ideology of Christianity? I would say probably... Absolutely not. Actually, I'll take the probably out of there. I would say absolutely not. Check it's very fruits, much, my guy. It's very much not a part of that. So I, it's important to kind of disassociate those bad members from the ideology itself. Yeah. And I think that kind of slides right into the next point I think I'm going to try to make. Tell me if this is a bad point, but... Oh, I will. <laughs> cancel culture, I feel like, at its core, encompasses groupthink in this sort of idea where like you know perfect example famous jewish guy he's like five four whatever he says he's five seven ben shapiro you know this orthodox jew harvard grad whatever you know went to law school whatever just clearly uneducated this guy is obviously a symbol of the far right why is he a symbol of the far right because some far right people use some of the arguments that he makes, therefore logically following the extreme because these people associate some, and when I say some, I mean a very small portion of his beliefs with it. Therefore, he is enabling that. And actually, I've heard that argument many times in favor of cancel culture. It's like, you know, not all conservatives, not all people on the right are fascist, but like some of those ideologies, you know, if you take them to their logical, 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 logical extreme, they can become fascist. Well, we're not taking it to the logical, logical, logical extreme. Mm-hmm. There's these other people who are taking it to the logical, logical, logical extreme, and we are completely disassociating ourselves and historically have disassociated ourselves with those individuals. So what are you talking yeah. about? It's it's kind of that the groupthink kind of, I guess, guilt by association is what people mm-hmm. like to call it. And I think it's overall negative for society. I think if there's anything we want to kind of come away with from this episode is Cancel culture in its essence is very much not Christian and is very much all around bad for society. It's There's really no good aspect of cancel culture. Well, I think, honestly, though, you end up with this. You end up saying that Ben Shapiro, a Jew, is anti-Semitic. <laughs> and it's like, I understand, like, you know, Karl Marx was a Jew, but he was super anti-Semitic. But mm-hmm. like Ben Shapiro is like devout or <laughs> Orthodox Jew. He's 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 probably more Jewish than most people that claim to be Jews in America today. Oh. Like he's I think hardcore, hands down. Man. Like he's, he's not a reformed Jew. He's he's an Orthodox Jew. He believes in the Torah and it's complete in his follows all completeness. the stuff. Follows everything, you know? 
He's kind of weird if you start getting into what he thinks about like miracles and stuff. Yeah, but that's to the side. Yeah, to the side. But it's more I Jewish mean, than me. <laughs> <laughs> even to well, that just like makes me think maybe you weren't planning to go here already, but mm-hmm. just that like it's it it cancel culture in its ridiculousness. Like you've you've experienced firsthand. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you want to say just a little bit about little your bit time about before it. Bethel. I'll go into that. At, yeah. For sure. I think before we do that, I think like maybe we should have started with this at the beginning, but like let's define what cancel culture is real quick. Mm. Which I think most people know what we're referring to without even defining it. But I guess correct me if I'm wrong with what I'm going to define it as. But like I would say cancel culture is this kind of group think idea in its essence where a group or even just individuals themselves, there's they 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 adhere to a prevailing social narrative. They, mm. This is this is the correct way to think, and there is another individual who does not think this this particular social narrative. They don't believe that, you know, all white people are racist, right? They have a slightly differing opinion. They think some people are racist, some white people are racist. Well, they think that some aren't, some are, and some aren't. Therefore, they probably think someone ra- someone isn't racist who I think is racist, which is extremely problematic. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make sure everyone knows that this individual disagrees with me. I'm going to make sure everyone knows that they're probably racist themselves, and I'm going to put their name in the mud. I'm going to make sure they get fired from their job, and I'm going to protest and boycott because they I disagree with them fundamentally. Yeah. Now, I want to differentiate that generally from like boycotting nature. I mean, people have the right to boycott and do all those things. But I think cancel culture in like the 21st century, you know, in, in 2021 specifically, you know, or at least the last half decade or so, it has come to such an extreme where it's not like, like in the past it was, it was pretty major issues where people were like engaging in quote unquote cancel culture. It was like, um, forgive me, I have to burp. Oh, <laughs> we just got back from T-Bell. Uh, That's right. It, it was pretty major stuff where like someone had to do something pretty bad, you know, to get canceled. Like, they had to, like, write books upon books that were completely at odds with, like, a group of people's thought. I mean, I guess a good example, maybe Anne Hutchinson comes to mind, which I think pretty much everyone agrees. She, she got canceled by George Winth- or John Winthrop in uh, the Massachusetts colony uh, for being an antinomian, quote-unquote antinomian. I mean, she probably was. I'll just take that leap of faith. And she she hung out with the antinomians. She had these group gatherings. She broke a lot of social rules, and this this took place over a period of years. And she stood up to authority. So it was it wasn't just like these small things. Like she was very much going against the fabric of a significant aspect of Puritan New England society and culture. Now I'm not a New England historian or anything, but that seems a lot more significant than say. Uh, comedian making a joke about like gay people in like 30 years ago yeah. or like yeah in, in like 2012 or something in like a tweet or like some guy like saying something stupid when he was like 14 on Xbox mm. party chat or whatever it's like we've gone from like very significant like it's got to be big we're going to boycott something needs to be done to where you even slightly disagree with the prevailing social narrative boom you're out of here for me, I uh, I attended another school before Bethel. I chose this school because I 
you know, I wasn't Christian at the time, but I always had a very a more conservative leaning. I identified more so as a libertarian. But I wanted to go someplace and study history and politics where I could expose myself to different opinions on the regular. Like, I could be the only person who thinks this way in my entire dorm. And, like, I picked this school as, like, the most liberal school in my state. And I picked it because of that. I wanted to be somewhere where everyone disagreed with me. Partially because I'm contrarian in nature and that's just how I work, but also because I genuinely wanted to engage in these conversations on the regular. And I thought that would grow me, which it, it did, just not in the way I thought it would. Exactly. <laughs> um, I guess long story short, I mean, I, I definitely made a lot of mistakes in my time at that school. But in the end, it it, it came about that I was... I was like in an honors program basically and I it was it was it was an American specific program based around American politics and culture. Now, it involved talking about American politics and culture and we had like these group chats before we went on campus. I quickly found out through conversations on there about guess what? politics and American culture hmm. that I was the only person who was right of left. <laughs> Like, yeah. I was, and like, I'm not, at the time, I was like, I was a non-Christian libertarian. Like, I was pretty, pretty, like, barely to the right. Like, I was like, you know what? Drugs, go do it. Like, it's all good. I would, like, slightly disagree with someone. Be like, you know what? I agree, but here's something a little bit different that I think. Immediately would start getting harassed and bullied mm. by people, screenshots sent around, all this stuff. So... I, I definitely rubbed people the wrong way right away just for thinking slightly differently at this extremely liberal school. And ultimately, it resulted in in me saying the wrong thing in front of too many people that was also slightly different and at odds with this prevailing social narrative of this particular institution. And I was harassed, threatened, and bullied off campus. Dean didn't do anything. President didn't do anything. They're like, yeah, they're accusing you of all these horrible things that they have no proof of and threatening to beat you up and telling people where your room is and saying you're going to go and destroy stuff, blah, 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 blah. I guess the only way we could fix is if you go on an apology to her. I was like, no way, Jose. I'm not Obama. I'm not doing that. Huh. Uh, so I just left. Jeez. I mean, it was not a great part of my life, but it's definitely grown me a lot. But I mean, like, I guess before that, I mean, like, cancel culture exists. I mean, it's not this big, like, right-wing boogeyman. Like, there are people out there on the left and even on the right, you know, more prominently yeah. on the left, but even on the right exist. And they're, they're wanting to tear people apart for even slightly deviating from what is normal for society to believe. And that should, that should shake you to your core and terrify anyone who believes in freedom of thought. Like that's horrible. Oh, exactly. So I, that's kind of my experience. I don't want to go into too much detail for like legal reasons, but <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know if I summed that pretty well. What do you? No, what do you think? I, I thought that was good. I think, okay. I think what you were hitting on there, that really, really carries it back into the definition is, just was really hitting me. Just the word groupthink, mm -hmm. the idea that if you even slightly deviate from the status quo, mm -hmm. that you are going to be, you like no one's making those people do that. Mm -mm. It's it's that. Yeah, this was a complete, this was outside of the institution. Yes, the institution isn't doing any of this. This is the way that we, as a society, as a culture, that was a group of culture. That was a group of 18 and 19-year-olds who took it upon themselves collectively, you know, collective, active, collective action, you know, 
mm-hmm. that they took to harass and bully this fellow 18, 19 year old off of a campus that they barely knew because he didn't think like everyone else at the campus. And I think really <laughs> goes back to the verse again. Mm-hmm. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Yeah. Those people didn't, they didn't care. And I think this is this thing, like you look at the fool and you're like, oh, what a fool. It's like, we've all been the fool. Oh yeah. So, I've, I've done that. So, myself. you know, we really just need, I think in a lot of ways you have to be introspective, but you have to realize like, man, I don't want to, it's a sad life to live. And I feel sad for them that they, they just were seeking after this invisible, like approval and they're trying to just fit in and they, they, I don't know, feel good. They feel good by attacking someone else and in that way getting to share their opinion and that they're right and never actually getting to like engagement with that Mm -hmm. issue. Because that's the sad thing. It's like, well, maybe if you actually took some time to think about, you know, something that you said, Mm -hmm. they might actually like, it might better them that like, there's this great um, quote by Thomas Jefferson. Pretty sure it's by Thomas Jefferson, but you know, he's canceled because he owns slaves. I mean, Thomas Jefferson, if anyone's watched Hamilton, which by the way, since the last episode, I've I've fallen (laughs) into that. If he's anything like they portrayed him in Hamilton, which he probably most definitely was not, but let's, let's just play with the thought. He was a terrible guy. Like that guy is a jerk. Like, gosh, I just wanted to punch him the entire show. All right. Anyways, what you're anyways, <laughs> what I was trying to say is that he has this quote where he says, uh, um, democracy is built on compromise, something along those mm-hmm. lines. And I mean, this really just goes back to the heart of anti-folly in this podcast. Just like we are so incapable of compromise Like, I understand there are things that I intellectually have a hard time compromising on, Mm -hmm. such as, like, the moral, the morality of abortion. Yeah. I'm not going to compromise on that. But I would be willing, and I should be willing, to, in my opinion, to, to have conversations about what legally abortion should look like. Or those types of situations where it's like, yes, I will not budge on this, but I'm willing to make some compromises here because compromise is better than just clashing. And we don't see really, frankly, any compromise Mm -hmm. these days. It's just, oh, these people said this and they're wrong. And here we are on our side. And, and like, you know, let's say somebody from the left decides, oh, let's, you know, make a compromise here. Let's like come together. Then all of a sudden they're a traitor and mm-hmm. they're, you know, a white supremacist or whatever. And all of a sudden they, now, now they are canceled and now there can't be compromise made because they're not a part of the left they're not or they're not them. a whatever, you know, it's just yeah. like ridiculous. It's, it's so, it's so bad for society. I mean, like, I guess going back to like what, my particular story, I mean, obviously I'm not going to go into so much detail, but like, it's, it's so sad that like, this is occurring. And I, I think a lot of this has stemmed precisely from the school system. And I guess more organically, it's come from college campuses and like 
college campuses, I mean, historically, like, there's been periods of cancel culture on campuses forever. I mean, they're founded by American Puritans, and at least in America's case, and mm-hmm. they banned certain ideas and certain practices and things like that. But I guess, at least in the latter half of the 20th century, we kind of had this idea that, like, college campuses were, like, this bastion of free speech and free expression, and it was this place where places, people could come and they, they could they could come out of their closet, you know, like coming from like a small town, a rural place where everyone's conservative or coming from a big city where everyone's liberal and they all came to this campus mm. and they were exposed to these ideas. They would, they weren't exposed to that in high school. They, they went to high school with people that were geographically surrounding them. We were at college with people from around the world, from around the country, from different socioeconomic backgrounds and all this stuff. And they all had different ideas and different worldviews. Well, we, we still have that, but people all think the same now. <laughs> or at least they're going to this place and they're coming out thinking the same. Mm. And now it's getting to the point where if people go into those settings and they, they don't come out thinking the same, you know, or they're there and they're not thinking the same as everyone else, they're going to get canceled. And there's, there's, there's a complete lack of this environment where I can intellectually disagree with you on something that is so fundamental to my humanity, to my worldview, to my beliefs. No longer can we both have a civil discussion or even respect one another. Not saying respect someone's opinion. I don't have to respect your opinion to respect you. Mm. Yeah. But I will literally tear you apart over thinking differently from me. Like that's, that's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. And I think that kind of goes back. Like we've, we've bred in our institutions, this monolithic, this, this place where there's, you know, Thomas Sowell would say there's this one prevailing social narrative. There's only one set of views, you know, though they might say like, oh, it's, it's left leaning. So I guess there's some diversity on the left side of the political spectrum, but not really much representation on the right. You know, it's all of this stuff. is just like, it's so bad. And I guess it's just like that idea of the, the ivory tower where there's these, these like intellectuals that are just like above everyone else. They're not having to see the consequences of their ideas, all this stuff. But there seems to be a huge disconnect between people in charge of our institutions and people in, within the institutions and people that don't take part in that. And like as polarization, as America drifts apart, there's there's literally people choosing not to go to college because they do not want to go and take part in an environment where cancel culture is thriving and where intellectual diversity and thought is not valued. Mm. That's horrible. That is so bad. You, you can, at the end of the day, you can think I'm racist, but but you should be absolutely still terrified by the by the idea that I could I could get chased off of a campus for merely being racist. Like, let's say I am a racist, sexist, homophobe. You know, all these ideas and labels thrown at me. Like, sure, let's say they're all true. <laughs> Does that mean I should still be chased off campus? Don't you want to change my mind? Don't you want to change me? Shouldn't this be a place where we battle it out in the intellectual sphere and we have these conversations? I was there willingly to do that. But instead, I had to be pushed away and bullied and harassed. And this, what happened to me wasn't even that bad. It's happened way worse to other people. Oh, for sure. And it shouldn't be like that. These institutions, these places of thought, and intellectual activity and education, those should be places that harpen these conversations. And especially in a Christian university setting. Yeah. Where I went to school, it was a quote unquote Christian college, you know? 
I don't know if if they really they're pretending to be so, but at least when I attended there, there was some figment of imagination that we're still a Lutheran university. <laughs> yeah. What 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 do we stand for if we're just going to let our institutions crumble like that into being this place where people can't disagree? Like that's that's sad. I don't know if you have any other thoughts about like. Yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> I think when when I just think about Bethel and et cetera, mm-hmm. in my experience, it's been that that even the faculty mm-hmm. doesn't represent a diverse diverse views, and you know Bethel really seeks to to hire staff that looks diverse, mm. but there's something different than you know there's a difference between intellectual diversity and diversity in ethnicity and skin color. Those are two different things. Yeah. And I don't think, I definitely don't think we should just be like, oh, we're just going to hire white people. No. I think that's stupid. But I think you should be seeking to create a diverse faculty that represents different different views in politics, in theology, and et cetera, so that I am being well-rounded. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I think that's really just maybe a bit of a challenge to, to Bethel is like, like reevaluate, like if we kept going for another 30 minutes, we could talk about some experiences that we've had where that really honestly pushed us to do this podcast is like Mm -hmm. you, Bethel doesn't care to really to care to have dialogue. No, it's so just seeking like to to really push that and if if we can't we can't affect the way that faculty is hired at the very least we can have these conversations as students mm-hmm. and kind of be the change that we want to see yeah i think this episode's it's going to go a little bit longer still but i think this is something that we want to turn into maybe like a, a two-part series where we kind of cover it in excess and different topics i mean not to go down the rabbit hole because we're trying to wrap things up a little bit here, but mm-hmm. I, I went through an experience at Bethel where I, I mean, I idiotically put up a symbol that was, <laughs> could be perceived as uh, being a white supremacist symbol, but it was, it was a, a T finger upside down for yeah, the game a, where you punch someone in the shoulder. I was actually playing it earlier and I got, my shoulder still hurts to be honest. I was, I don't know how I fell for it that easily, but. Anyways, kind of got, I had to take it down because a professor had reported it. So not even, to be clear, not a, not student. a student. It was a, it was a professor. At least that's what, that's what I was told. And they said there's a symbol and some people per- perceive it as being offensive, which by the way, like my friend group, which consisted of like whites, Asians, and black people all individually thought it was hilarious. So... I really, it would be really funny yeah. if it was just like a white professor that was just like, I, I saw this on like 4chan once and I thought it was mm-hmm. real. You and know? when you walk by, when you walk from the East Lot past Nelson, you see it every day. Every just day. Sitting there just sitting there. Until like, you finally report it. It's like, man. Man, it took them till the first week of J term when it's been up since the second week of school. <laughs> Anyways, I ended up doing as I do. I wrote, I wrote a paper about it. I kind of, I'll just read a little bit of it. I, I think the ending kind of kind of sums up, I guess, what would be my fears, and I don't know, those might be your fears as well, but let me see if I can find, yeah. find it, which is 
Yeah, this is this is what Sam likes to do whenever he has, whenever something happens, pretty much anything. <laughs> Let me just write a. Let me just write a a unrequired paper for this. It's seven pages, actually oh no, six gosh. pages. My bad. And I had another like five page paper due. I actually wrote more for this than I did for my actual assignment. Not only this, but also went around taking pictures of quote unquote pagan images and et cetera around <laughs> All right, that's around Bethel episode. campus. Uh, let's see if I can. I got a good quote in here somewhere if I can find it. Yeah. I mean, also, this is, uh, I'll say this while you're looking for it. Mm. Uh, it was last week we were sitting over by the wellness center waiting to get, uh, <laughs> waiting to get in here to record the podcast. And uh, I was walking over towards the Robertson Center, towards the gym, and there's this this giant TV screen. <laughs> I go over to, to get, um, to go get some water and there's this picture of basketball game with all kinds of people doing the same the same you know holding your three-point symbol you know yeah doing the three-point the okay sign you know basically which is even less so what your cutout actually is because the fingers are put together so it doesn't even make like the w that people would say is like white power and etc so literally literally took a picture of that and was like oh there it is like here it is in the Bethel Halls, completely unacceptable. It's Can't more, believe more, this. more objectively the symbol than what mine was. Well, and that's the thing, uh, is just that like, where can you objectively draw lines when it comes to like, mm-hmm. like literally, people can be offended by anything. People are offended now, be like, fat phobia is a thing now. It's like no, like, the news doesn't talk about this, but if you are obese or morbidly obese that is going to affect your health and affect your if you have to battle with covid it's going to affect that and like it is intellectually completely dishonest to just be like yo no like it's fine to be this and it's totally acceptable to be fat like (laughs) you know it's totally the same as being skinny it's like no it's not no it's not it's It's like we don't need to hate on these people for it but we should tell them like hey you should change some life lifestyle decisions so that you could live a better life like it's only gonna benefit you but people think that's hateful because you're not accepting them for exactly who they are but that's another episode anyways too did you find it oh yeah i found it um just a little snippet of it and i i i I intend to have some episodes you know just me going through uh, endless controversies i've involved myself in before i learned to shut up which i think i learned to shut up what do you think no Definitely. He just writes right. papers instead. I write, I write papers now and do a podcast that I shared with my friends. Which, by the way, share with your friends. Uh, Big facts. Here it is. Uh, well, I think we'll end it with this. Yeah, I think this is a good. So, uh, Bethel is truly a series of contradictions existing within the contradictory state of being both too liberal and too conservative. Although often I see this as being positive. My experiences and the experiences of others have seen this as not representing neutrality in the Christian sense, but an active denial of core Christian doctrines and standing firm in our roots. Bethel is so concerned with not being offensive that even core doctrinal teachings of the Bibles and fallibility are called into question by professors of theology. Bethel wants to seek truth and survive as a Christian student in the 21st century, but at what cost? I don't see this as possible without severely sacrificing the gospel and church teachings in pursuit of a false sense of truth. 
it's quite impossible to walk a neutral line in today's world without becoming a nominally Christian institute. I fear that as we continue to suppress opposing opinions, however wrong we may think them to be, we will soon follow in the steps of other once devoutly Christian institutions throughout the country and in small liberal arts colleges. I'd assume that... Uh, I'll skip over this one. Uh, what I fear is this becoming a trend, that Bethel will continue to bow before the culture rather than stand apart from it. Surely even the presence of doubt should be enough to question whether we are worshiping God in spirit, truth and in spirit. I, wor I worry the focus of Bethel in bowing before the mob and culture is to focus too much on worshiping in spirit. But as John calls us to worship in spirit and truth, John 2, 4, in 424, so truly Christians should worship God in truth and spirit. So we should... So truly, we should we engage in truth-seeking as Bethel seems to concern itself in claiming pursuit of. But I worry that it is far more words than action. That it is far more about being perceived as pursuing it than actually seeking it. Then I actually have the verse from today, which is Proverbs 12.23. Uh, Prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims folly. Uh, basically going into the idea that uh, this hand symbol was upside down, incorrectly placed for what the hymn symbol seemingly represents, and it also had fingers pointed inwards, further showing that that was not what the symbol was, but because it was perceived as that, which it was objectively not, it had to be taken down. Um, kind of close it with that. The righteous hates falsehood, but we, the wicked brings shame and disgrace. Indeed we should, as an institute, seek righteousness and truth. So why censor me? I don't claim righteousness, but am I not seeking the truth? Is the objection of the facts, is the objection to the facts of my depiction based on truth, or is it based upon a folly we so eagerly wish to appease? In a sense, I think institutions engaging in cancel culture are far more concerned with appeasing folly, this thing that we're very much against, appeasing these people who are ridiculously reacting to something that is truthful just so that they can protect their bottom line and survive as an institute, institution. But at what cost are they doing that? And then I'll just close kind of emphasizing that, like, for me and Ethan, I think Bethel has done loads of good for us. And yep. it's been a place yep. where we've met each other. It's been a place where I've been able to, I mean, compared to my last institution, I've actually been able to practice and have conversations with people I disagreed with still without getting murdered for it. Yeah. And I guess here's how I close it. I was like, let us pursue truth. Let us pursue love. And let us acknowledge that truth that is both eternal and in this world. For in conforming to the world, we, are so, we so quickly conform to its lack of reason. Uphold your own covenant. And I guess that's, that's where I'll, I'll close it, kind of on that, on that high note, I mean. Cancel culture is bad, and I'm, we're going to talk about it in the next the next episode. But as Christians, you know, we fervently disagree with each other. Let's let's have a conversation about that. Let's let's get on the podcast. Let's discuss it. Let's debate it. Let's have discourse. Let's have dialogue. Let's not let's not silence each other. Let's not report each other for hate speech. Let's not condemn each other. You know, let's love each other. Let's let's have this discussion. And it's through this discussion and these conversations that we can we can change hearts. We can change minds. So I think as Christians, we should engage in that. Mm. I think. We need to pursue being anti-folly. Anti-folliists. And that's, uh, <laughs> well, it's an, I don't know if that, those are real words, but let's uh, just some encouragement that we should all seek that out mm -hmm. and um, 
take take our opinions and have conversations and seek understanding. Thank you guys for listening. This was episode two of Anti-Folly. <laughs>